Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996. Over 3,900 film reviews you can read anytime at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at the latest film by Tim Burton. It's called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Kind of a tongue twister there. Fantasy adventure is the genre. It's a PG-13 rated film because of intense sequences of fantasy action and violence and peril. It runs two hours and seven minutes. The cast includes Asa Butterfield, Ava Green, Ella Purnell, Samuel L. Jackson, Chris O'Dowd, Terrence Stamp, and many others, including Judy Dench and Allison Janney and Rupert Everett, have smaller roles here. The director, as I mentioned, is Tim Burton, and he's working from a screenplay by Jane Goldman, who's adapting a novel by Ransom Riggs. Here in this film, Tim Burton's pretty much adding to his already impressive filmography about strange people who do the oddest of things. This is a very loose adaptation of that Ransom Riggs novel that was a young adult novel, came out in 2011 of the same name. Now, this would seem a natural fit for Tim Burton's style. This is visually imaginative. It's very quirky. I do think that you, as a viewer, your mileage will certainly vary as to how much of this overly familiar story is going to engage you beyond the high-gloss aesthetic sheen that's provided by the technical crew. In the film, as far as the story goes, Asa Butterfield stars as Jacob. He's this American teenager. He's very close to his grandfather, Abe, played by Terrence Stamp. Asa Butterfield plays Jacob. Abe would frequently impart his fanciful stories of his own youth spent at this peculiar home of the story's title. The home is run by Miss Peregrine, who is played by Ava Green. Miss Peregrine caters to orphan children who possess strange and magical traits. For instance, one has bees living within them. Another one has a mouth on the back of her neck. Another one has the strength of ten men, and on and on. Each one of them has their own quirks. When Abe passes, Jacob determines to find out if his stories about this magical home off of the coast of Wales is real. But when he discovers the place, it is in rubble. Apparently, it had been bombed out by Nazis during World War II and never rebuilt. However, Jacob soon discovers that there's this time loop in which the orphanage continues to exist on that fateful day of the bombing in 1943, thanks to Miss Peregrine's ability to reverse time by one day every day. However, even the time loop may not be enough to save them all because the viciously evil Baron, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and his grotesque hollow fiends are out to snuff peculiars once and for all. Now, those of you who hear that plot synopsis may immediately have a few things spring to mind. One is X-Men. Certainly, there are elements here. You have orphans with certain gifts or traits that they seem to have gotten through hereditary means, perhaps. It's not surprising to find out that the screenwriter of Miss Peregrine is Jane Goldman. She was attached to the scripts for such X-Men films as X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. A lot of other people will be reminded of Harry Potter here. You have more orphans who have certain skills that they have to learn to hone, and it's all very whimsical in its own fashion. As such, the film may struggle to find a proper audience of its own. It's a little too grotesque and a bit scary for most young children, but a little too much like these other young adult adaptations to provide a necessary sense of wonder Suspense is mostly lacking for those who've grown up regularly feasting on films surrounding orphans with their uncanny traits like the ones I've just mentioned. It also runs quite a bit long at two hours and seven minutes. 
you know, maybe this is less than Harry Potter, but Harry Potter had a lot more characters and a lot more ground to cover in those films. So I think that those were much more successful, especially as they continued on and you started to get to know these characters. I think that that length actually can be felt particularly in the leaden last hour of the film. The last hour of Miss Peregrine is really not engaging at all, even though Burton and company try to pull out all stops. Outside of the whimsical elements, we don't really have a connection to these underdeveloped characters. Not enough necessary to find their plight suspenseful when they encounter inevitable peril. And so it lays very flat for a long length of time and you will soon feel how long two hours and seven minutes actually is when you are not engaged by it. Now, much of the kudos of the film, as far as the some of the positive traits, will no doubt go to Ava Green. She has a very striking on-screen visage as Miss Peregrine. This is her second film with Tim Burton. And, uh, unfortunately, the previous one was considered, by and large, a failure. Dark Shadows considered one of his worst films. But even that, too, even though Ava Green is nice in the role, her role is really too familiar, particularly in terms of Burton films, because he's used similar idiosyncratic personalities to be in charge of impressionable children. You think of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and maybe even Beetlejuice a long time before that. And I could probably name a few others if I had to go through his filmography. Ava Green also isn't in the film as much as you would think from the marketing. You know, she's very big on the poster and in the marketing of this film. But a sizable chunk of the story actually involves the unconvincing friendship and some hints of romance there, too, between Jacob and the orphan Emma who is a character that can manipulate the air within her in bizarre but wondrous ways. Now, fans of the books will note that actually the characters of Emma and Olive within the film are reversed in the book, and this may actually rankle a few people who really were looking for a faithful adaptation of the novel. You won't get that really here. Samuel Jackson, speaking of something that wasn't really in the novel as such, he's the main baddie. He can command the screen, as Samuel L. Jackson often can, but oftentimes he seems like he's recycling elements from a few of his prior roles as the main heavy in other films, including yet another instance of him having white-colored hair and crazy eyes. It seems to be something that Samuel L. Jackson often settles for when he plays a bad guy in some movies. As for the children... They're typical movie kids in Burton films, but that's also part of a bigger problem because in the story, they may have stayed the same age physically because they're really reliving the same day over and over, but mentally they're not because there is continuity. There are memories that they continue to have even though they're reliving the same physical day. So... In theory, they should actually be as old as Abe mentally, but yet they are no more mature in their demeanor as when they likely started in the time loop 70 years prior. So physically, they should be still kids, yes, but mentally they should be many, many decades older, and yet they still act like little kids in their own fashion. So it's kind of curious why that happens here. Now, what's missing most from Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, I feel, is a plausible emotional connection for the characters and also of the characters within the world around them in the actual narrative. This is like the character of Emma, you know, without being forced into some sort of gravitas by the manipulative screenplay, the entire thing would be utterly weightless. For instance, we see the scene in which Abe, the beloved grandfather, dies in front of his grandson, Jacob, and he has this eerie sight. His eyes are completely removed. 
And yet, we don't really see any sense of either grief or sheer horror that surely would have overtaken any teenager that is put into that position. Later on, Jacob spies a giant, a fearsome hollow gas for the first time, and yet we don't really sense that there's any kind of terror in him or awe. Further down the line, Jacob travels into this time loop and finds all of his grandfather's stories are real, and yet there's no amazement of discovery. There's no consuming delight at knowing that there's way more to the world than he ever believed, and that everything that he had been taught since he was a very young child by his grandfather are actually true. And it just continues on as if that's just another part of the story. And the same goes for all of the ensuing adventures that take place henceforth. This is a story that's told by someone who's been down the road of telling such stories perhaps a little bit too often, and he no longer sees the wonder, the majesty of fantastical delights or those spooky dangers the way that one would when hearing of these things for the first time. So, really, Burton seems to be bored by the way he tells his stories now because he's been doing it for decades. And so, if he's bored by it, so will we be in watching him on, I presume, autopilot perfunctorily, checking each box in the narrative until it reaches the ultimate conclusion in a very mechanical, very plodding way. You know, Tim Burton's career has been hit and miss throughout the years, and in more recent years, I think that his fans would consider that his films are mostly missed. It may be apropos that the word miss is right in the film's title, given the lackluster results of Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children. Like the characters in his own story, Tim Burton keeps reliving his glory days in film and basically doing a lot of the same material that he's been doing for many years, only less convincingly and less daringly. This time loop that he's in seems to be keeping him from creatively progressing beyond a certain point in his career, and he's just going to keep rehashing a lot of the same material. So, unfortunately, I feel like this is one of the worst of Tim Burton's films, and as such, I'm going to give it two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that I do think that it is lacking something vital that would keep it from being something I could recommend to anyone but the most unapologetic of Tim Burton's fans. So, And what it is lacking really here is inspiration. Something new, something vital, something different, something original, something challenging, something that Tim Burton has been doing for most of his career, and yet he seems, based on a lot of the material that he's been delivering recently, to have lost his touch, he's lost his way, and I feel like he's in need of a second win in his career, and this is not going to be it. This is not a return to form for Tim Burton, unfortunately. So two stars out of four is the best I can give. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review, despite the fact that I'm not really giving it a very generous review. Hopefully, you feel that I was fair to it. But if you do disagree with what I have to say, you can go to my website, quipster.net, and find my contact information there, as well as links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page, where you can also contact me as well. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net is where to go. 